Hi and welcome to yet another episode of the State of the Net podcast. I'm Paolo Valdemarin. And I'm Ewan Semple. And uh, this is 2019. Happy New Year. <laughs> you said yet another podcast as if they were coming thick and fast, Paolo, but it's been, yeah, been a while, Yeah, they've been almost it? two months since the last one. Yeah, yeah. Christmas. Yeah. I blame Christmas. Yeah, yeah, we were busy traveling, driving trucks, doing things, <laughs> cooking turkeys. Yeah. Anyway, it's 2019, so this is the year of Blade Runner. I mean, Blade Runner is happening now. We should fix Wikipedia. It's not a future dystopia, it's a current <laughs> dystopia. Well, we could argue whether it's better or worse. <laughs> well, I, I actually think it. it is, you said you, you watched it recently, right? Yeah, yeah. It's. I think that there are some things that are so, like, for example, there are screens everywhere. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. They haven't figured out flat screens, but the fact that there are screens everywhere you go. I mean, we we walk around with three, four screens on us. Yeah, and and that was something that you know thirty years ago was completely non-existent. Yeah, it was funny, wasn't it? Watching it and just uh, I was mentioning before we started as well, watching Brandersnatch, the um, Black Mirror episode and how that was set in the 80s computing environment that was just so familiar to me but that to my daughter Molly who I was watching it with was fiction you know that that was nostalgic retro whatever and uh, it was interesting just looking back I guess 20 years in that case um, maybe more as to what you know how 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 we felt we were living in the future then, and what we sort of take for granted. I'm sorry, now if you say eighties, it's not twenty years. Oh, don't, Paolo. How many is it? Yeah, it's thirty. Yeah. So today is uh, today we are recording it. I'm not sure when we will, I'll be able to edit and post it, but today that we're recording is January twenty fourth, which is uh, exactly the thirty-fifth anniversary of uh, Apple announcing the Macintosh with a famous uh, commercial that said uh, on January 24 Apple computer will introduce Macintosh and <laughs> you will see why 1984 won't be like 1984 and that literally changed my life I mean my Likewise. dad came, came home my dad came home with the first Mac yep, a few too. weeks later Yep. And I remember we put it on the we put it on the on the on the table in our living room. Right. We were and, exactly uh, the same. And it was uh, it, it was, was so it was so cuddly, wasn't it? It was so cute and so self-contained and yeah. And I mean, fa- I remember using Mac Paint, and yeah. it was I was, oh, it was blown like magic. away. And the yeah. fact that it had sound and maybe you know it could talk to you and yeah, you know, no, and, it's it's yeah, life changing. Anyway, that was thirty-five years ago. Sorry. Well, but it, it it is interesting, isn't it? How in some you know how visionary they were, and and I've often quoted and shown people the um, I can't what they called it now the knowledge navigator navigator that's right video that was made around the same time in fact a bit earlier that really did have so many of the elements of what we now increasingly take for granted in our mobile phones in in their in sort of basic ideas, you know, and it is amazing how. Sometimes I think it's partly life imitating art. You know, we, we have tricorders thanks to Star Trek. But um, it is interesting with Apple as a company how how they manifest, how they make happen those sort of imaginary worlds. It's, it's amazing. I think that, I mean, 
especially recently, I have been sort of uh, I, I I bought a bunch of new stuff over the last year mostly. So it's 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 not my fault. The you know the profit warning that they called. <laughs> it's not me. I I bought one of everything they do, and uh, sure off. I, I totally and I and I. Finally, I changed the router I have in my flat here in London. That I mean, the previous one was having some problems, and now all the devices talk to each other nicely. Mm-hmm. And for example, if I tell Siri to play something on my own HomePod, I don't have to do anything. If I look at my watch, I see what is playing, and I can change the volume. And it's so seamless. Yeah. It is. It yeah. feels like magic. The fact that I say when I when I call Siri, I'm not saying that because there are too many devices around me at the moment. <laughs> it's uh, it's the, the fact that I can see how my iPhone, my iPad, and the and the HomePod all hear me saying that, but only the HomePod will react. The other one, like, kind of let the other go first. No, that and so that was the, they talked about that on Mike Break Weekly, and it's the fact that the HomePod is always in effect on. For as your other devices aren't, um, and they still do a bit of handoff. I mean, they still work out which device you used last and which yeah. device is closest, and all those sort of clever things. And you know, I'm finding this with with the watch. I mean, just the fact that I walked up to the iMac before we started, and the watch buzzed because it was unlocking the iMac. You know, I still mm-hmm. find that magic. Yeah, and you know, going going for a walk um, when you move when you start moving at a certain speed or for a certain length of time it pops up the watch pops up and says are you doing an exercise workout uh, because it knows you've been walking faster than usual and then when you say yes it then backdates its record yeah. to when you started moving faster and i've always been amazed that when you then get back and you become more uh, slow moving sedentary, whatever it, it notices that and says have you finished but the other day there I, I immediately got in the car so there was no delay there wasn't the usual it working out waiting for a bit but it knew because I'd connected to the Bluetooth in the car that I wasn't mm-hmm. going for a walk anymore and popped up and said, have you finished your workout? You know, this thing is so clever. Yeah. I mean, we, we do sound like fanboys and we are. Oh, we are, but, we are. Uh, yeah. But well, I, was just, I was thinking about this even more. I mean, um, where was it? It came up. Well, somebody made a comment about the, uh, what's it called? Somebody's got a book out at the moment, which is at the Surveillance Society, that's right. Mm-hmm. And she's talking about Google and Amazon and Facebook and the amount of money they make from the data and whatever. And apparently, again, according to the Mike Break Weekly podcast, she gives Apple a pass because, you know, she reckons that they are true to the word in the sense that uh, it was quite funny. There was a massive advert on the side of the Marriott Hotel uh, when CES was happening with a big mm-hmm. poster that said, uh, "What stays, what happens on your iPhone stays on your iPhone." Yeah, and, I saw that. And you know, you know, there are there are, and see, oh gosh, I'm sort of an Android geek. Imply that I was somehow naive, believing that. No, they collect data. Well, of course, they collect data. They know how many phones they sell. They know what the phones do. But that's a very different thing from selling my demographic and personal uh, movements to somebody else for commercial gain. It's a huge difference. To me, is it's 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 relatively simple. On one side, you have an evil organization that sells you <laughs> overpriced hardware. Yeah. On the other side, you have an evil organization that sells your identity to advertisers. Yep. And by the way, 
you're probably running on uh, hardware created by a company partially controlled by the Chinese Communist Party. Yep. Now, you know, up to you to decide which, yeah, one, well, which way I'll you put, want I'll to go. I'll premium anytime. I mean, it's like, hey, it's... it's but actually, I, go back to the thing about their profit warning. Um, I may have contributed marginally to that because I've bought nothing um, in the last year. And I think I am part of the significance of that warning because they were saying that with their... And this is, again, you know, this whole thing about evil Apple and whatever, and that period where they were being criticised for tracking what your uh, phone use was and yeah, limiting battery. your phone, that's right. And it turns out it was so that you were able to save battery and the older devices didn't fall over so quickly. But because of the fuss, they then had that programme where you could replace your battery for, I think it was $30. And the consequence was they just had queues out the door of most Apple stores. Um, because everybody suddenly realised that for $30 you could have effectively practically a new phone. Um, and that then means that the phones last longer. And, you know, Apple's devices have always, you know, M Molly, my daughter, is using my MacBook Air that we've had for about five, six, maybe even seven years now. No, I mean, I'm, I'm using, I mean, my wife is visiting and she's using my old Mac. And that, my old Mac is 10 years old. Yeah, and it's an old MacBook Pro, and yeah. it's—I mean—it's not running the latest version of of Mac OS, but it's still working. It's still doing everything. It's still synchronizing yeah. with the iCloud. It's still running all the major browsers. It's a perfectly usable machine. Well, and that was and something else that people were speculating about the lower income or lower profits of the iPhone. That you know, I've got an iPhone seven, and came off contract maybe six months ago now. And I've got no inclination to get a new one, frankly. Um, the phone does everything I want. It takes great pictures. Um, I, you know, I've got no... I, I've sort of fallen off that path of you have to get the latest every time it comes out because the thing's good enough. I, I enjoy it. Yeah, they, they, they last... They, they, their, their product lasts a long time. They are making them last longer. Uh, what is interesting is that... Uh, if you look at the overall number of phones working, the fact that f iPhones last longer is actually increasing the overall number <laughs> of iPhones. Yeah. So they, instead of adding new phones, they're adding old phones. That's but of course, for every phone out there, it means somebody buying services, buying apps, buying music, and uh, being part of the Apple ecosystem. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's clever. I... Personally, I, if I had to bet, I think that they will, when they issued the profit warning, they said that they are going to focus more on services. Mm -hmm. I think that the future of services for Apple is not just more music or more storage, is uh, a little bit... Uh, Probably an extension of uh, what is what is called the iPhone upgrade upgrade program. I mean, I have it. Right. I pay some yeah. amount. Yeah. I I pay some amount of money a month, and they give and I have an iPhone. And uh, after twelve months, I think I can just switch it to a new iPhone. Yeah, and uh, I would be very happy to just pay whatever Apple tax <laughs> I have to pay. Yeah, and you know, and just give me my phone, my iPad, my Mac, my music, my everything well i'm sort of and like that with my car now we've got one of these loan rental sort of car exactly, loan things and, exactly. and, I, and i just look at it as rental i don't care if i don't own the own the thing they service it it, it works and i don't exactly. have to think about it anymore. You, you, it's it's iphone as a service is apple yeah. as a service yeah. now the problem is that in order to do that you need to have 
a lot of cash in order to finance all this. Mm-hmm. But wait a second, the one company <laughs> sitting on the <laughs> largest amount of cash in history yeah, yeah. is actually Apple. So yeah. I would bet that eventually we will get to we will get there. We will get to you know everything will be a service and they will be managing the well. The and then talking about services, that kind of loops back to the privacy thing because um, we were talking about health data the other day mm-hmm. there, and what a mess it is. I don't think just in the UK, but certainly in the UK, and different systems not talking to each other, you know, umpteen bits of paper still in the chain. Um, and, you know, I was saying this person that I'm... And, and, and the fact that Tim Cook has said that history will look back on Apple's biggest contribution being health, mm-hmm. um, and it's obviously a direction they're heading in, then, you know, I wouldn't blink if Apple made it possibly possible for me to main, maintain my health records on, on my devices and, and own them and then be able to just walk into hospitals and the, the system would know who I am and what, what's wrong with me, you know. Um, wouldn't, wouldn't have a second thought about that. And it's interesting, again, speculation about the new AirPods, which I think might be the single most fun Apple product I've ever bought, bizarrely, given that they're the smallest. Um, but I saw some speculation that they might include health monitoring stuff in, in the next version, mm-hmm. which is interesting. I don't know whether that's temperature or pressures or whatever, but uh, clever. Oh, it's, it's, uh, and, and the fact that they made the health kit kind of an open environment so they allow mm-hmm. anybody to, to collaborate, uh, but at the same time providing very, very, very rigid safeguards and privacy yeah. and deciding who gets to read what. It's, uh, it's, a, very, it's a very nice architecture. It's, uh, and the amount of data that, that is being collected by these devices and organized by these devices just staggering. Wow, I mean, the, whole, the home stuff as well. I mean, there was a, was it the bells? Or what, what it's called? Ring. No, but no, but but think about health. I mean, I, I basically have records of my heartbeat capture every ten minutes for the last three and a half years. Yeah, I mean. In history of humankind, that's right. Never had nobody. That. It never happened, and it's and it's not just me. It's millions of people. Yeah, I mean, the think of that is huge. being able being able to apply machine learning and uh, you know new investigation techniques to these things yeah. will allow us to do to to make enormous progress very yeah. very soon. But I, I, sorry, I interrupted you, but I was thinking you were going in the other direction of the amount of data that's being collected that's problematic. And another area that you know, Apple have been slow to get into is the whole home automation thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, most of the... Not, well, firstly, they, they set up some code with HomeKit and, and I think it's hardware-based as well. It's really stringent. And a lot of the uh, manufacturers haven't sort of joined in because it actually is quite hard for them to do. Um, but it does make it very secure in a way that other the other systems aren't. And I think it was Ring, the, the doorbell company, that uh, recently there was a story. Them, yeah, Ring. Maybe we get slightly wrong, but they, they were basically using people in the Ukraine to look yeah, at all yeah. the images from people's door cameras to decide what the pictures were of. And of course, you get people, you know, having a snog with their with their uh, secretary outside the front door or whatever. You know, all sorts of compromising images that have now been stored relatively insecurely in the Ukraine, and it's bonkers. 
Yeah. No, that was, I think it was really meant to be, they wanted, they needed to train machine learning tools. That's right. So they need, That's they right. need to have people to say what That's is right. what. But it's still, yeah. but still it's crazy how a company, which actually belongs to Amazon, was uh, just allowing employees without any type of uh, security yeah. check, actually not indirect employees sitting somewhere in Ukraine to to watch videos from customers yep. without being concerned about it, without I ever thinking naivety. maybe yeah. there is something, maybe we shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. And it's, uh, and it's yeah, it, it, it keeps happening. Well, it's like uh, Cheryl Sandberg have, stood up you, in front of a, t- a tech crowd recently, didn't she? Including some friends of ours, JP and uh, mm-hmm. Thomas were there, I think, trying to kind of assuage, you know, to reassure the tech community that, that Facebook were going to do the right thing. And I don't think anybody went away reassured at all. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's well... It, and then you have this situation like, oh, did you read that last week there was a, a research... Uh, run in uh, market research in the states and it came out that something like 70 percent or more of the population was not aware that facebook was collecting data in order to (laughs) profile them for advertising so on one side you say oh my god you know we we will never gonna get i mean this this wake up on the other side if you look at sales of the facebook portals you think, well, maybe people are actually smarter than what you think because nobody's buying the thing. I know, the thought of having one like, of those in your house, you would have to be off your Exactly. Phone. I mean, a, a Facebook device always on in your house <laughs> with a camera. <laughs> I mean, and they found out that the only people posting good reviews on Amazon or the product were actually Facebook employees. <laughs> but they said it was not, they, they had not been instructed. So it's, uh, it was an accident. But, it's uh, fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. Do you have any home automation things? No, no. Uh, not, yeah, not, me not even a home pod. And it's interesting because I've been very tempted to get one. But in fact, I hope none of the family listen to this. Because um, I get annoyed enough with iPhones playing YouTube in the in the living areas, and you know, there seems to be constant jangling of some inane crap coming out of some device somewhere. And although I quite fancy playing with the technology, the thought of having that even louder and more intrusive. Um, well, I mean, once yours is louder than the others, you win, right? <laughs> but well, the thing is, I, I don't even want it. I don't even want my stuff. Um, you know, I kind of listen to what I'm doing while I'm walking or, or not doing anything. It's uh, it's funny because it's maybe because of having worked in broadcasting for so long, but I find it annoying if I'm if I'm trying to do other things to be listening to something. I know me too. I mean it's it there is a very small number of things I can do and listen to music. But I must say that since I I, I bought it I I really fancied it. And uh, and then in December I had thirty pounds of credit because I gave back my old Apple Watch, mm-hmm. and they discounted it fifty pounds, so I could get it eighty pounds off the regular price, Sounds and I good. just went for it. And uh, it sounds pretty good. I mean, it has these weird seven tiny speakers in pointing in all directions and automatically adapting to the room. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying that probably you know with half the money you could buy good uh, hi-fi equipment and having a, uh, an even better quality. 
But the fact that I can just walk home and ask him to play anything and he will just start playing, yeah. it's, uh, it's, uh, I, I really, I mean, I basically, I have been listening to much more music in the last month than ever before. So cool. it's, uh, yeah. I'm enjoying it. No, but I was asking in terms of actual automation, like, you know, turning on and off lights, lights and switches and thing and temperature. I mean, it's, uh, I've, I've always been sort of interested, but, uh, there was a, a, a colleague of mine recently bought some switches and he is controlling the switches from, uh, I think he's using uh, an Amazon device. And I was thinking, ah, that's interesting. And th- th- these days the cost is not too high. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like 20, 30 pounds. Well, that's say, yeah. uh, but I was thinking, okay, I buy one of the switch, but I don't know exactly what to can I turn on and off in my yeah, house. Yeah, I, mean, well, I have such a small flat with nothing. I mean, it's like, yeah, there is a, there is a light that I could turn on and off, but it would be ridiculous. So. Well, we, we, we've got the um, so we've got underfloor heating in most of the ground floor and uh, an air source heat pump, both of which yeah. don't like it no. if you keep turning the temperature up and down. Um, so there's no point in me getting a heating switch. Um and, you know, it's not a bad thing to get out of your chair. I mean, it gets my stand score up, up on my watch if I have to get up and down to switch lights off. You know? <laughs> yeah. Talking yeah, of which, so I've been completely unbecoming OCD about And that again, this is Apple caring about your health. So well, 1st first of, first of January, I thought I'll just see if I can, I can keep a, an unbroken run. And I have done so far, and of course, that's leaving the horrible prospect that I'm going to have to do this for a whole year now. Of what, closing all your circles? Yeah. yeah. I had a good run last year, but, uh, I mean, during the holidays, I gave up. I mean, to be honest, believe it or not, on some Sundays, I don't even wear the watch. I'm just I'm just too embarrassed. I, basically, I know that I'm going to just be moping around for the whole day, so I don't wear the watch. <laughs> <laughs> You so there is no record. There doing. is no record of it. It's uh, it's uh, it's. Uh, but now, I mean, it's again. It's it's another interesting way of uh, building healthy habits. Uh, of, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know. But there and are again, it's, it's a it's a it's a choice. I mean, we both know folks who get all agitated about it and feel manipulated. And you know, I've had periods since I've had the watch where I haven't bothered with it at all. Um, but occasionally I feel that, you know, making a bit, bit of an effort and having the technology there to help me is a good thing, you know, but it's just making more thoughtful and informed choices about, well, why am I doing this? Um, has it got any downside or cost in terms of privacy or whatever else? And then just getting on with it, you know? Yeah, but I think that what is what is interesting is that you have, uh, at least in my experience, and I mean, in my experience has been with Apple because I, Grew up in a in a in a Apple environment. I'm not saying this is exclusive to Apple, no. but there is a number of situations where I did things because uh, there was a new capabilities. There was a new technology yeah. was allowing me to do something, and I was just going for it. So I mean, I I, I started playing the instrument again when Apple re- released uh, GarageBand. Mm-hmm. And I, I got this thing and said, oh, this is exciting. And I picked up playing guitars again. And, and, and I wouldn't have done it if it wasn't for GarageBand, probably. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm writing more because I'm getting really back into using the pencil on my iPad Pro. Me too. And good, good yeah. notes, the new version of GoodNotes is so good. And it, the fact that it searches all of my handwritten text yeah. is incredible That's accuracy. Amazing. 
means I'm, I'm just taking loads and loads and loads of notes, and it's just fine stuff. It's fantastic. I'm actually drawing much more. I mean, right, uh, yeah. because I, I got an iPad Pro uh, in December uh, with a pencil. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Is that a new, and a new pencil? Yeah, yeah. I'll need to come it's, and compare at some point. It's, uh, and uh, I mean, I find myself drawing. I mean, it's, it's uh, just for the, for the fun of, uh, of using, you know, paint and pencil and all these mm-hmm. uh, different, mm-hmm. different, different, different uh, types of tools. And, and uh, I, I love it. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I, I, I realize that I can't go, I, you are my model in terms of, you know, the first person I know that went iPad native and uh, I feel that I can't do that in the sense that on one side there are some moments where I just get so frustrated you know you need to copy and paste a bunch of things from one document to another it's just silly Uh, doing it on on iOS uh, compared to doing it on a a Mac Uh, there are other things that you just like you know I, I need to use an inspector in a browser the feature is not there. Yeah, you could probably download an app to do that. But I mean, it's it's. Uh, there are some things that that I still prefer to use my Mac for. But I'm using. Uh, but I'm. I've completely stopped carrying around notepads, and uh, I'm really, really enjoying reading stuff and and yeah. using it. It's uh, it's actually very, very good. Well, and I, I um, yeah, same thing with using the pencil more because it's making me not need a keyboard uh, as much. Um, although I have bought one of these uh, Logitech keyboards that has got three setups on it so that I can basically move the same keyboard to the iPad, iMac mm-hmm. rather mm-hmm. and click a button and it immediately connects. I can move it to the iPad and it immediately connects. I can use it with my phone and it immediately connects. And it means I'm basically using the one keyboard all the time if mm-hmm. I'm using a keyboard, which is getting my typing speeds back up again. But it's the... It's the flexibility, and frankly, a lot of the development these days is focused on the iOS, and some of the apps are fantastic, and they're, they're you know a delight to use. And I now find the, the Mac apps really clunky when I come back, so I'm actually finding it the other way around in some ways. And you know, it takes an adjustment. I mean, I was thinking when you were talking about the, the copying and pasting. I mean, if you've got the split screen and you've got the two documents sitting side by side, and you just do drag and drop. Once you get used to it, yeah, it's, you that's think, actually quite can, quick. You know, well, no, I mean, uh, if you can, sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. But but uh, it's, I find it fascinating because on one side, yes, uh, the experience on iOS is much better very often. Uh, you also have a much more consistent platform. I, I'm actually thinking that uh, some of the software projects I'm working with, I I that were developed as web project. Uh, I'm now regretting the decision of going web first because if we had developed an app first, we probably would not have had a whole bunch of problems we're having with, uh, uh, you know, having to get stuff to work in a browser. Interesting. Uh, on the other hand, so in terms of delivery of iOS is so consistent. I mean, I know that if you're running iOS, you have certain type of hardware you have certain type of camera you have certain type of audio you have i i know exactly what you have if yeah. i put some stuff in a browser i have no idea you might be anything yeah. anywhere yeah. with running any operating system with any type of hardware but it, it's much harder to predict um on the other hand i i read recently how at this point ios is more than 10 years old 
Yeah. And if you think how much it evolved, I mean, after 10 years, in 1994, we had uh, uh, macOS was to version 7. I mean, it was a pretty sophisticated operating system. In those 10 years, the progress they made was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, to some degree, I, I'm not sure that iOS progressed so much. And I, I'd appreciate that, you know, the complexity is, is several orders of magnitude higher. Uh, but also, but I still feel there are moments where the operating system is just clunky. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and I think... It's not new. I mean, it's not new anymore. It's ten years old. I mean, it has, this thing has been around for ten years, and they're still figuring out some details about, uh, you know, gestures or user yeah, behavior. There are, there are some stuff. real oddities that you do wonder why nobody's got frustrated enough about them to do something about. Yeah, them, exactly. Sure. Yeah. Well. You know, we can wait another 10 years for iOS and another 35 <laughs> years. We'll still be here in 35 years Ooh, saying... I'm not, I'm not so sure about myself, Paul. Yeah. You, you might be. I'm not. Well, of course, modern, modern science, who knows what Apple might be doing with my I'm body I'm totally counting, time. I mean, I'm totally counting on the health kit prolonging my life and actually improving. <laughs> I mean, the further away we will go, the better we will feel. So let's give us ourselves an appointment. In, th- in another 35 years, we'll be sitting here and we'll say, hey, remember 70 years ago when, yeah. yeah. Out, of an, out, out of an artificial mouth with no arms or legs working anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It will just be an arse and a wheel. <laughs> <laughs> Still it was now, isn't it? <laughs> All right, I think that we have been uh, we have been fanboys enough for an episode. So thank you everybody for listening. Or putting it up with putting up with it, depending on your point of view. <laughs> um, and uh, well, we'll try to record the next episode uh, sooner than in than, than two months. <laughs> Bye now. Thank you.